Psalm 119, verses 33 through 40. Do you really believe that this is the Word of the Lord? Because if it is, then it deserves something of us and something from us. It's not just the words of man. It's the Word of God. Let's give our attention to it. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes. And I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. Amen? Let's pray right now and ask the Lord to make the psalmist prayer our prayer. Lord God, would you work in us? Father, we pray. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would take these words of truth. This is your word preserved for us. Your holy word. Lord, would you write its truth upon our hearts. Write the eternal truth of your word upon our hearts. And may we be touched in some way when we experience you. Lord, warm our hearts. Open our eyes. Change us, Lord. Cause us to grow. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I've been going to the gym regularly now for about a year and a half, which you've all noticed. And, and I, I, go, I go regularly, and I have been enjoying this. Um, but I, I went up to the guy who, who kind of trains us. He's the owner of the gym. He's become a, a really good friend of mine. And I went up to him, and I asked him a question. Now, it was, I, was, I knew I was preparing this sermon, so I had a question in mind, but I didn't set it up. I didn't say, hey, I'm preparing a sermon, and I, I really have a question for you. I just walked up to him. We were getting ready to, to start our session of training, and I asked him, I said, now, if we could go back in time, you know, if we could go back a year and a half ago, two years ago, when I, when I first came to you, or, or just someone comes, comes to you, they come to the front desk, and they have a question. And they say, I'm interested in this. I'm, I'm going to sign up for this, but I want to know one thing. Can you guarantee my growth? Can you guarantee my progress? And he looked at me. He said, I just want to know, yes or no, can you guarantee this? And he said, yes. If 
if you commit to it. If you come three times a week and you do what I say, you will grow. You'll get better. You'll get stronger. I heard a radio commercial that promised weight loss on a diet in which you had to do nothing. They actually said, eat whatever you want. That program does not work. (laughs) What if I told you that right here in this psalm, what the psalmist does is show us that your spiritual growth can be guaranteed. Wouldn't you like that? But I'm going to tell you right from the outset, it's going to require something from you. But here's what's mysterious about God and His ways. You tend to think that growth is all on you. God saves you by grace, but you grow by your own effort. And that is not what the psalmist is going to show us. But nor is he going to show us, hey, saved by grace, sit back, eat whatever you want, do whatever you want, don't, don't get that, make yourself comfortable. Don't do anything, and you'll grow. Nothing could be further from the truth. Spiritual growth guaranteed. See, Oftentimes, this is what happens. We want the benefits of change without the sacrifice or the work that is, necess- is necessary. We want that. I, that. I mean, it's stupid if you would say no to that question. Here, I have a guarantee for you. You're going to be a better person and you have to do nothing. All you, you don't have to do anything. That's awesome. It's just not real. It's not true but we do we want that we want the benefits of change without the effort of change we want to change we want to improve we want to be a better us we want to be you want to be a better you it's 2020 you're rethinking it again you don't even want to think back on 2019 or 2018 because you realize there was moments where you felt like yeah i wanted to change back then and not much change has taken place we'd love to change if it didn't require much effort. If the effort was minimal and the sacrifice was minimal, we want that. And that's true whether you're a Christian or not. This is why self-improvement is so popular right now. Everybody wants to be a better version of themselves. I've met very few people who have made it their aim in life to get progressively worse and worse. <laughs> we want to change. But for the Christian, something happens at the moment that you trust Jesus. Something happens when he changes you. He gives you a desire for Christ. He gives you a desire to obey. He changes your desires. Remember, you were running after these things, and now you're running in a different direction. Why? Because Jesus has changed your heart. So you want to change. You want spiritual growth. 
And the good news is, the answer is right here, guaranteed success plan for spiritual growth. Now let's look at it. What's going on here? This is a prayer, and the psalmist, maybe David, he prays eight to nine things in this prayer. Some of them are hard to count, whether they they count as the same one or not. He petitions God. He's basically telling God to do something for him. Do you pray like that? This is how he prays. He tells God to do something for him. The letter has, and this particular stanza, has this causative sense. In other words, he's not praying, help me, Lord. He's praying, cause me, Lord. And there's a difference. Help me. I'm almost there, Lord. Just give me a little bit of yourself to push me over the edge. He's saying no. Cause me to be these things because if you don't cause me by your grace to be these things, I won't be them. This is the mystery of the work of grace to to not only save us, but also to change us, to sanctify us. He's praying, if you cause me to do these things, then look at the results. So you might look at it like this. He prays, teach me. He's saying, cause me, cause me, Lord, to incline myself to your word, to your statutes. And if you cause me to do that, then I'll keep them. He's saying, cause me to understand that I would keep your law and then I'll observe it. He's saying, cause me to to follow in your commandments. Cause me to get up in the morning and actually go towards you, following you in the path that you've laid out for me, and I'll delight in it. Cause my heart to be inclined towards you and not towards other things. Not to selfish gain. Cause my eyes from looking at worthless things. Some of us need to repent because we have spent days and hours, even since the new year began, looking at worthless things. And you want to stop and you want to change but you can't get your gaze unlocked. you got a radar lock on things that God declares as worthless. And you have tried to stop, and you can't stop. And you know what the Lord says? You need to pray a cause-me prayer. You need the power of God to unlock your gaze off of worthless things and to focus onto Christ because you can't change on your own. Have you felt that? You ever been there? I want to change. I can't change. We need to pray a cause me prayer. Do you think God wants your gaze locked on worthless things? You know He doesn't. This is why you feel guilty. Why not pray a cause me prayer that God would bring you by His Spirit under the sway of His Spirit and cause you to love the things that He loves and cause you to hate the things that he hates. I need this church. I can't do this on my own. I need these cause me prayers. These are imperatives to God. Cause me to love your promises. Cause me to turn away. Cause me to turn towards your rules. 
Cause me to long for your precepts. These are imperatives to God. They are prayers that say, God, do this for me or I will not change. He prays to God because he recognizes that God must supply the deepest motivation. Motivation comes from God. Motivation comes from His grace. In other words, He prays because He believes His future obedience depends upon God's prior grace. You thinking of it that way? You thinking of change that way? That your future obedience is not as much about what you're going to do for Jesus, but what Jesus did for you back there. Future obedience dependent upon God's prior grace. If we get that, then you understand that that's what's going to motivate you to change. It's so easy to think, church, guys, friends, it's so easy to think that what God's grace is necessary for is salvation. So we think of our neighbors who don't know Jesus or, our, or, our, or people in our family that don't know Jesus, and we think that they need God's grace to save them. But you need God's grace just as much to keep following Him. We all need grace. We're all in this together. It's true that your neighbor does need God's grace as much as you need God's grace. If you keep that straight, then you're a humble servant of Jesus Christ and, and you'll be a better witness to your neighbors because they won't perceive you as self-righteous, as, needing, as they need something that you don't need. What the psalmist needs most is deep motivation to live for God. And the only place to get that deep motivation is from God. It's, it's, it's bizarre when you actually think about it. This is maybe why we don't like to pray this prayer. We pray, Jesus, I want to love you, so would you help me to love you? But we would not say that to, I would not say that to Amy. I would never come up to her and say, you know what, Amy? I'm having a really hard time loving you right now. Would you help me to love you? You change so that I'll change. God actually invites that prayer. He recognizes the challenge that you're having in loving him. And so he actually loves it when people say, I'm having a hard time following you. I'm looking at worthless things and not at you. Would you help me to not do that? God's, God's, not, God's self-esteem isn't wounded when you pray that prayer. Like, wow. You know, I, say, I, you know, I don't like it that way. I want you to just love me for who I am. Why do you have to pray that I would help you to love me? God says, pray that prayer. Pray that prayer because I want to answer that prayer. I want to give grace to you. I want to help you to love me. Let me get going here. In order to grow spiritually, you've got to get motivation right. If you get motivation right, if you get spiritual motivation right, then spiritual growth will be the inevitable result. So what does he pray? He prays three things. Why does he pray? He's praying. Why does he pray? 
I want to give you three responses to that question. Why does he pray? Number one, because only God can make us understand his ways. Only God can make us understand his ways. That's the first two requests he makes right out of the blocks. Cause me to be inclined to your teaching. Teach me, Lord. Give me understanding. He's praying, God, would you teach me? God, would you help me to understand? Would you cause me to understand? The most important thing in life is to have God as your teacher. Do you have God as your teacher? Do you, are you in class with God? When's, what's your attendance record like? When's the last time you showed up? Are you like the college student that shows up for the midterm and the final and the professor has never seen you? I tried that once. It didn't go well. Some people get away with it. Some professors run classes that allow people to get away with it. You shouldn't be able to get away with that. You shouldn't be able to never go to class and and pass by going to the final. If so, they shouldn't charge as much money as they do. I don't want to pay for my kids' education if they're just laying in bed all day and then show up for the final and pass. Like, okay, let's find something else to do besides college then, if you're that smart. We do this, though. We, we want to grow. We have this desire to grow, but we don't show up for class. We don't meet up with the teacher. If you are learning... All that this world can teach you apart from God, this book warns you, you're in for a bad end. Nothing wrong with learning. I love to learn. Seven on the Enneagram. We love new things. Nothing wrong with that. But but is God and His Word your teacher? Is He the one that you're running to? Are you saying, cause me to understand? Have you ever hit something in, in the Word that is difficult to understand? Have you at that moment prayed, God, I can't understand this. Would you cause me to understand it? Would you open my eyes? I can't understand. I'm hindered here. Would you help me? Gabe preached a couple weeks ago a great, a great sermon on how growth is expected in the Christian life. And he preached from Ephesians chapter 4. If, if growth is expected of every Christian, the Word is going to play a role in that. You can't grow apart from it. You can't grow apart from God's Word. This is why He preserved it for us. It's why He left it for us. Do you, you ever think about what God could have left us with that would have helped us to grow? He didn't have to leave us with a book. He, he, had, he could have chosen anything. Movies. He could have said, listen, just keep watching movies and you'll grow. He could have preserved it through uh, nature. He could have just said, get outside and, and through, by being outside you will change. He's given us His Word. I often like to think in these ways. How would your Bible 
describe its relationship with you. If I were to say, hey, hand your Bible to me for a minute. It would be really weird if I did this, but if I said, hey, man, just tell me, what's, what's their relationship with, like with you? Wouldn't it be telling? My hope is, Brandywine Grace, that, that the Word of God would say, oh, I have, I have a relationship with them. I know them. What we don't want to hear said is, they pick me up once a week off the shelf and they drag me to this place. They go where there's a lot of people. And they open it up and they close it and then they put it on the shelf when they get home. You won't grow. Everyone here should be advancing in a fuller knowledge of God's Word. Are you? Is it your desperate belief that only God can make you understand His Word and His ways? You see what's happening here? I'm simultaneously probably making you feel guilty and showing you where your hope is. Because it's both. It's like this mysterious thing. Like God wants you to pick up your Bible, but you can't do it apart from Him. So what do you do? You pray. Get my motivation right, Lord. Cause me to want this. Cause me to desire Your Word. And if you do that, then I'll read it. And when I read it, I'll change. This is motivation. If we had the ability to teach ourselves, then this guy's prayer is idiotic. Why pray, Lord, help, Lord, cause me to do this? If we didn't need it. We didn't need his help. Cause me to learn. Cause me to understand. Open my eyes to behold wonderful things out of your word. Illuminate my mind. Warm my heart. Mold my will. This is something you guys hear me pray regularly when I start up to preach. Open my eyes. Warm my heart. Mold my will. Change me. Look at what will happen. We'll keep the end game in view if God does that. I'll observe it with my whole heart. I'll keep it to the end. If you cause me, then I will keep the end. This is a prayer. What kind of prayer is it? It's, Lord, I'm in need of constant teaching. Unless you teach me daily, perseverance will elude me. But if you teach me, then that will be what keeps my eyes open and constantly on the goal. What's the goal? The upward prize of the upward calling in Jesus. You guys with me? All right, let's turn to our second point. Why are we praying these prayers? The first one was only God can make us understand. Only God can direct us down the right paths. Let's move along here. We see this. Only God can direct us. You see him saying, lead me in the path of your commandments. Incline my heart to your testimonies. The psalmist is praying because he wants to get motivation right. And he's recognizing that a deep, getting a deeper motivation right comes from an act, of de, an act of dependence upon the power of grace. Growth comes when we know what God has done in us when he joined us to Christ and then acting on that. This is why we need the Spirit of God. 
Obedience depends upon grace. Spiritual growth is powered not by our efforts. But what? Think about your answer to that question. How would you answer that? If I said your spiritual growth is not powered by your efforts, what's it powered by then? What would you, how would you answer that question? It's powered by grace. If you don't have fuel in your car, you will not go. That's what powers it. You'll come to a screeching halt if you forget. I think I've told you the story of how we were driving on a vacation in our caravan, all six of us, and, and we were traveling from one place we had stayed in North Carolina to the Outer Banks. And we had a car repair done while we were at the one place, and we got into the car hoping and praying that the repair would work, and then we drove hundreds of miles to the Outer Banks. Well, about halfway there, the car just came screeched to a grinding halt. We were packed for two weeks, six of us, vacation. I mean, start trying to figure this one out. How are we going to get there? We've got another 100 miles to go. We're on vacation. How are we going to fix the car, the financial implications? How are we going to get there? Are they going to send another? I mean, how are we going to get all this stuff? And I started figuring out, okay, I got AAA. And AAA says that they will tow you 100 miles for free. So I got them on that. We're about 103 miles from our destination. All right. How are we going to do this? Now, how are we going to get a van with kayaks, bikes? I mean, everything. The, the van is just stuck. Like, there's hardly room for the six people that are in it. With the dog. The 130-pound dog. So how are we going to do this? So not only do I have to call AAA and tell them my car's broke down and I need free towing, but can you, is there a way that you can bring a tow truck that is going to get me, my, the six members of my family, and all of our stuff on vacation? Hold on a minute, sir. They sent a flatbed big enough. We didn't have to unpack one thing. We drove the van up onto the back of the car with all the stuff, lashed it down, and then we drove our 100 miles with all of us in the cab with the quietest tow truck driver you've ever been in the car with. I tried everything. All he said was, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You married? Yes, sir. You grow up around here? Yes, sir. You like it around? I mean, everything was yes, sir. That was it. I realized, okay, we're not getting far. But we were all squeezed together. When we got there, we towed the car. We pushed the car off and towed it to a mechanic. The mechanic tells me what my problem is. I ran out of gas. <laughs> I ran out of gas. That was my problem. See, gas makes vehicles go. Now, before you're sitting there thinking, and I know you are, that dude is one of the stupidest guys I've ever met in my life. I want to tell you what happened. When they fixed my fuel pump, they bent the little indicator. There's a little rod that goes down into your gas tank that has a little float on it. Well, they bent that thing. 
and so it wasn't reading my gas tank anymore. Ah, not as dumb as I look, am I? <laughs> you might have done the same thing. My point is this. If you do not have gas, your car will come grinding to a screeching halt. If you do not empower yourself, fill yourself with the fuel of the Christian life, which is grace, your spiritual growth will come grinding to a screeching halt. You can't do it on your own. You can't make a car go without gas. You can't make yourself grow without grace. You with me? True spiritual growth is obedience to Jesus, which comes from belief in the gospel, which is empowered by the grace of the gospel. That's the only way you have ever changed. If you have ever changed at all, truly changed in the sight of God, it's been because of the Holy Spirit taking grace and empowering you with it. If you have changed in any other way apart from that, you did not, you're not truly sanctified. What you have is you've made some moral effort. There's a difference. There's a lot of people in the world that don't know Jesus that are making moral efforts to be better people, but they won't ultimately achieve what God desires because growth comes empowered by grace, which only comes from Jesus. How do we keep going down God's paths? We pray. We pray because only God can direct us. Some of you, most of you, are wondering. You're at some point where you're needing some direction in life. Where, you know, what is, what's going on with me? Where am I going? Where am I headed? We're regularly wrestling with these questions. Where are you going to run? I'll tell you, you need to cause me prayer. Cause me. Only you can direct me. I believe that. So will you make your will clear to me? Some of us are in difficult circumstances right now. We're in a difficult situation, and it's right where God has you. He's, he's, he's sovereign over all things. He's put you in this difficult circumstance, and you want to get out of it. You want to change. You want, to, you want a better situation. And God is saying to you, I'm in this situation with you. I've put you there that you would look to me. It's just like S.M. Lockridge said last year. Sometimes it's suffering that leads to salvation. Sometimes it's a trial that pushes you to God that He will speak to you and accomplish in you and cause you and direct you in a path and in a direction that you would have never chosen for yourself because it required some dis it, it, it necessitated some discomfort and you have an aversion to that and so you wouldn't go there and you'd miss out on all that God has for you. Are you with me? God is doing something. He's doing something in that situation right now. He's got you there, and he's looking. He's, he's waiting for you to say, God, cause me. Cause me. Incline my heart to see you in this. Because right now, I see all these things I do not like. Will you let me see you? He's there. He's present. He's looking for people that will say, apart from everything else, Lord, would you lead me? Would you guide me? I'm going to trust in you with all of my heart. I'm not going to lean on my, under, my own understanding. 
In all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge you. God, cause my paths to be straight. That's the promise that He will do that. We walk the old paths. Sometimes we want a new path. Listen, the Puritan said this, find the plain old path clear with, listen to this, the pious pilgrim's feet of past times. Find somebody that's a little ahead of you and follow them. Go to the Word of God and look to the people. Walk the old paths. Look to the paths of Abraham. Look to the paths of Moses. Paths of Jesus, of David, Peter, Paul, all those that have followed Christ. They've paved the way. They, they've blazed the trail. Follow them in the old paths. You don't need to make a new path. You don't need to blaze a new trail. We are not Im- innovators. We are imitators. Point number three. Why are we praying? Because only God can direct us. Only God can make us understand His ways. And finally, only God can deliver us from evil. Only God can deliver us from evil. We see this. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things. Confirm to your servant your promises that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread. I long for your rules. In your righteousness, give me life. Jesus taught us to pray this very way. The way the psalmist prays, he says, Lord, deliver me. Jesus taught us to pray that. Remember the Lord's Prayer? The disciples came and said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. One of the things he did is he said, pray then like this. And he worked down through some things. And he finally got to a place where he said, lead me not into temptation. So don't lead me into temptation, Lord. And then he prayed what? Deliver me from evil. So, so Jesus thought that was real important for disciples to pray that God would not lead them into temptation, that he would cause them, cause temptation to be far from me, cause me to run away from temptation and run towards you and, and, and deliver me from evil. When evil is upon you, You pray that God would deliver you. What we're saying today, church, is what guarantees spiritual growth is a total, complete, utter dependence upon God. And so we pray for the deepest motivation that only He can give. Only God can incline our hearts towards righteousness. Only God can turn our eyes from worthless things. Only God can keep us from evil. If we were naturally inclined toward God's righteousness, then this prayer is unnecessary. But you are not. And I am not. We are naturally inclined to run away from God. Cause me, God, to cling to you. This is what Charles Bridges says. We are equally ignorant of the path of God's commandments And not only are we ignorant of the path, but we're impotent to go in it. We need, therefore, double assistance. Our minds must be enlightened and our hearts constrained. We need God to rein us in. What's the best time to pray against temptation? When you're facing it or when you're not facing it? Yes. 
When's the best time to pray against temptation? When you're facing it or when you're not facing it? Yeah. You do both of those. You pray when you're not in temptation. You pray when you are in temptation. Because what's going to deliver you? Only God. Only God can deliver you. Are you in a moment of, of where you feel like, you know what? It's 2020 things going pretty good. I feel like I'm free from temptation and everything that like hinders me from running after Jesus. I think this is it. Like I'm, 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 I'm it. They're going to be asking me soon to be leading some things around here because, because I, I've got this thing going. Pray. You're not far from some major temptation because you're proud and you need Jesus. How about the person here that's hurting though? It's hard for you to even sit and listen because you're crushed under the weight of your own sin and other people's sin. And How am I going to get out of this? Only God can deliver you. He can, only He can deliver us both. Amen? All right, let me move through this. Let me just tell you one thing that Calvin said. Calvin said, as soon as you wake up in the morning and open your eyes, two gates are available. Two portals through which the enemy, through which Satan would love to enter. Into our hearts. Am I teaching demonic possession? No. What I'm saying is that he's right. As soon as you open your eyes, there's these two portals by which the enemy will seek to derail you in your efforts to grow and love Jesus. So what does he pray? Turn these eyes from worthless things to you. Only God can do that. Admit you're weak. Ask the band to, to return. We need more turn my eyes prayers. Who's with me with that? You're going to pray that? You need God to turn your eyes. There's some men in here that need God to turn their eyes. Are you going to pray? Are you going to ask God? You can't do it. You sometimes get up in the morning and you say, man, last night, I don't want to live like that anymore. I'm going to do it. Today's going to be the day. You won't do it. You can't do it. Only God can deliver you from evil. It's time to stop putting your confidence in what you're going to do for God. For some of you, it's been years and years and years. Look back to the amount of years that you've been saying, I'm going to change. I'm going to change. I'm going to change. Until you say, I can't change. Lord, would you help me? Deliver me. Then the change begins. But God wants to humble you. To bring you to a place where you see and trust in Him. Maybe you're here this morning. You're a baptized follower of Jesus. But you've been stuck. You've been waylaid. You've been broke down on the side of the road. Fill the car up with grace. And get going again. If you're in Christ, here's the good news. There's no going back. You can't go back even if you wanted to. You can't go back to what you were before. There's no direction to go but forward. Pedal to the metal with these prayers. Amen? Access to powerful fuel of grace through prayer to God because He's the only one that can help us understand. He's the only one that can direct our paths. He's the only one that can deliver us from evil. Amen.